Welcome to the Education Over Debt Podcast. I'm Sheena Hogan. I'm so glad you joined. This is a place where I give practical financial tips that anyone can understand and you can begin to implement now. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, and turn your notifications on so that you are aware of any new content that we drop. And on any podcast platform, you can listen to us and make sure you rate and review us so that other people can hear about us. Today, we have one of our 2022 scholarship recipients, Devon, and he's going to speak with us a little bit about his experience for applying for the scholarship and then what he plans to do once he gets to college. So please help me welcome Mr. Devon. Hi, Devon. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for taking the time out to speak with me today on my podcast. Um, really excited about it. Let's just get into it. How did you hear about the scholarship? Yeah, so I heard about the scholarship through uh, my high school. I went attended Reagan High School, and basically they had like a weekly scholarship, um, like updated spreadsheet that they would post. So this scholarship happened to be on there. I ended up meeting the criteria for the general scholarship. So, and then I went on and applied from there. Okay, and tell us a little bit about the college or university that you plan to attend in the fall. Yeah, so I'm planning. I'm a, I'm planning, or I am attending St. Louis University. Um, in the Madrid campus, so in Madrid, Spain. So it's basically an international university, but it's an accredited American university. Um, but it has a, a campus in Madrid, and you can uh, study there permanently. So you're basically kind of acting as a permanent student, uh, a permanent study abroad student. And I'll be studying out at, at the business school there um, in an international business. So. Okay. And what, how did you like find out about that school and what made you decide to like actually do it in Madrid's campus versus mm -hmm. here in the U.S.? Right. So I've been studying Spanish for a long time now and, and within a classroom setting for about like seven, I would say about seven years now. Um, but that's obviously kind of been limited to that classroom setting. I really wanted to kind of continue on with my Spanish speaking and uh, learning uh, to eventually become affluent or at a certain level of fluency. Um, and that only way I thought, thought that I could be really achieved is if I um, indulge into a or fully submerge myself into a Spanish speaking society. Um, and, 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 and doing, doing that, you know, that would require like an international education and with St. Louis University in specific, it ended up being um, an American credited university. So I don't have to worry about anything with transferring credits and um, all the majors and things are kind of are aligned with, with, the, with the U.S. Uh, school system and how it works. Um, and so that just ended up being a, a perfect match. Okay, that's interesting. So I actually studied Spanish too. I studied in a high school, then I had a minor in college. Okay. So I had, uh, I was an accountant major with a minor in Spanish. And for the summer, I went to Cuernavaca, Mexico. So that's where we did okay. our like study abroad over the summertime. Right. So I took classes at the university in Cuernavaca, right? It was two right. hours outside of Mexico City. So what right. made you decide to actually go like, want to go like really all in all four years? And are mm -hmm. you afraid to go to another country for all four years? Or how are you handling it? Yeah, so I'm not. I, I definitely say I'm not afraid. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm excited as of now. I'm. I, I'm not nervous. Uh, I maybe once I get down there, um, and the reality kind of sets in, I might give some more nerves. Um, but you know, it's the same academic calendar as it is in America. So I'm. I'll be traveling back and forth for holidays, and um, you know, the academic calendar is not. It's the majority of the year, but it's not all of the year. So there definitely be extended periods back at home that I will be spending as well. So. Um, you know, it's not, I, I technically it would be kind of living in Spain, but I'll, you know, I'll also be coming back to America as well. 
Um, as far as like what made me really want to make the jump was, you know, I definitely had the safety net of the American accreditation um, studying in another country. Um, and I kind of uh, just wanted to do something a little bit different, um, you know, off the beaten path. So um, that that kind of those the stars just kind of aligned and it just made sense uh, for my situation. So. so let me ask you this. Have you ever lived away from your family um, for a long sense of time, like a month or longer? Right. No, I've not, I've not, not for an extended <laughs> period of time. No, not, I mean, weeks, but not, not over a month. I, no, not that I can recall. No, I have not. Definitely not in an alternate like location or different okay. location. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's definitely going to be a jump, you know, but, uh, you know, you know I, I, I don't, for me, I'm not really kind of uh, afraid to kind of do things like that. I think you only live once. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think being an expat would probably be something that would be a permanent situation in my life at some time. So um, for a, a certain period of, of time. Um, so, you know, it's something I definitely just wanted to do. Uh, well, I definitely commend you for doing it. Um, it is, you don't see it a lot, especially coming from the South. But I think that it is great that you do it. And you will get to learn a lot from the experience. So even if you don't feel that you... Like the first year may be an adjustment, right? You're gonna have to adjust to, you know, meeting people, finding your um, tribe, or so to speak, or just how to like get around in the city, right. following their rules and regulations as far as street signs and commuting and mm -hmm. all that good stuff. But just take it all as a learning experience. Um, when I was in Mexico, like you know, in the U.S., it's like pedestrians have the right away. Right. I don't know if that's the same thing in Mexico because they will hit you like right. they'll just like bump you and like keep it moving. It's not right. <laughs> they don't hit you to, to like kill you, but it will, yeah, they will but bump like, you. Out the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get you like to move along the way. So that was like interesting for me. But other than that, I think everything was a lot of fun. Also, the food, um, mm -hmm. like the cheese was so strong or yeah. it like it was intense or yeah. whatever. But um, so you know, you may have a little bit of travel stuff. With mm -hmm. that, I'm sure you probably, I don't know if you have to have any shots or anything when you go mm -hmm. over there, any vaccines or what have you, but it should definitely be fun. Uh, how are they handling the COVID situation? Did they talk to you guys about COVID or what? Yeah, so you, to to enter Spain, you would have to be, you have to be fully vaccinated. So, you know, that's kind of one kind of universal safety net. Um, I believe it's kind of similar to what's going on in America as far as, um, or at least in North Carolina, in our area, regionally that a lot of uh, the more specific kind of things have been um, turned over to like the individual organizations and whatnot as far as their protocols they have like the you know we have like the general cdc guidelines in america and spain has you know theirs too as well for whatever their governmental organization is that handles um, disease controls and whatnot but um you know it's it, it they were a little bit more restrictive um than america as regarding um the universal guidelines but it's kind of similar in the situation of on a per school kind of basis um but like that you know that that, that vaccination is the kind of universal uh, uh blanket rule that they have going on that you know everything everyone is abiding to just to enter the country okay um, so. and you all are staying on campus in dorms or are you staying with the family yeah, so in Europe, it's uh, the school systems, and um, I, won't, I wouldn't speak for all Europe, but and, and especially Spain, and specifically the the college town that I, that um, that SLU Madrid is in. Um, the way that the schools work is that they don't have private dorms for the schools. So basically, what they have is these companies um, where these private dormitories. Um, and you kind of uh, all the local schools like, you know, there's one per block pretty much in, 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 this, in the area of town that I'll be in. And um, 
the, you know, all my, most of the students who are going to the Slew Madrid are staying in this specific building. Um, and you kind of just, you pay rent there. So it's pretty much like an apartment and it has like room service and okay. things like that. So in each, it's kind of like a hotel suite, I would say is what it, what the sizing and kind of things look like mm -hmm. with a full bathroom and a kitchenette type of situation. So that's kind of how the dorms work there. And then also you can do a host family, which is free, but that's just kind of something that I wasn't wanting to, that's kind of was my limitation as far as my first year. I don't really want to be in a different country living with somebody I've never met before in my entire life. So, okay. you know, um, so I, you know, I did opt for the, uh, the uh, private. The room. Private now, did you get to go visit there before you decided, have you gone to visit at all? Like no, on so. a campus visit or you haven't been to campus. <laughs> so, you know, I've not been to the campus. Um, I've, I've looked at it virtually, so I know everyone's like, wow, like this kid going you know, to a different country. Okay, we did the virtual thing. That's like a new yeah. thing now. So Yeah, right. Yeah, it's about as close to reality as you can to get there. I mean, I definitely did my research, I, but I've, def I've not been to the campus or my okay. dormitory that I've signed the lease for <laughs> either. But, okay. you know. Um, and your family's gonna all come over there with you for like the yeah, first week or so. Yeah, initially, yeah, moving okay. us over. And you know, the good thing specifically about this scholarship um, and how the funds are allocated definitely helps with um, that direct payment and being the uh, the uh, that we pay separately for for rent. So um, mm -hmm. you're able to really use those resources um, for like educational expenses that are indirect uh, or, or considered indirect, but, you know, living, having the place to stay, it's you know directly correlated to your education, being able to study in that area. Right. So. Yeah. The travel piece, you can probably use it for travel. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. So um, what are you looking forward to? I guess like once you graduate college, so once you go to school and you major in international business and you may study abroad again somewhere else, you know, they may have, an, you know, another abroad program. Who knows? But what do you think you're looking forward to after you graduate college? Yeah, so I definitely think that my number one thing and, and kind of what is unique about the experience that I'm going to be doing um, is that living in another country, not only are you going to like, you know, become fluent with that, with that, with that language, but you're also going to see the different customs from just socialization uh, or like a, on a social standpoint up to uh, like politically government, you know, wise, finance wise, things like that. And, and, and being able to take those different perspectives and bring them back to, um, you know, where you grew up can, you know, can often be innovative, right? Something that in different countries that they're doing something a certain way, um, if like a business standpoint, like how the, how the products are, you know, um, presented to consumers and things like that. And, 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 and taking those perspectives and especially match with an international business degree, which is, you know, what that coursework is framed off of being able to take that back to your, your, um, your, where you grew up, your home, your home area is definitely something that will be like, super exciting for me as I, as I see how, as I see how we can apply, I can apply those different things that I've learned internationally um, to, to where I, where I grew up. So that's my like number one thing about being uh, international, the number one benefit that I see so far. Yeah. yeah I think so too. Also, cause you'll probably see, they may have a different work schedule. Like when I was in Mexico in the, the middle of the day, like around two, three o'clock, that's when mostly they had their, like our dinner, but instead mm -hmm. of it being at six to seven, it'll be at two, two thirty. And so like the husband would come home and everybody would eat, you know, eat at I stay with a family. So we ate at the kitchen table. Yeah. And then after that, he would go back to work. And right. you know, but then we would like run the city or whatever. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> but, <laughs> but they got a school of right like around two, two thirty, three. Right. And then everybody, like the whole family would have like dinner. And that was like in most 
other families we all because I you know visited the other families too. So everybody pretty much eats. So I think it was like a, a cultural thing to eat mm -hmm. early and then at nighttime they ate like a little snack. Right. So like a snack may be like a fruit tart or like an apple mm -hmm. or something really light. Right. So their main meal was during the daytime wow. and later. So it was uh, a little different. But then also like my family had a, a restaurant. So we would go there on the weekends. On Sunday, we would go there to have like, you know, dinner mm -hmm. again with family. Right. But the whole family, not just like our family that we was with. Right. Um, so you see like a lot of different things. She also like our mama, she did the... Um, like the art where you like throw the glass and then you right. make a picture. <laughs> so yes. it was like different things that we could like learn while we was there that they did in their culture. Um, they also had like, you know, like the Coco movie where they celebrate the dead. So mm -hmm. that they happened while we were down there. So just right. different little religion, cultural things that they did. So it was a great learning experience. And I do think I learned Spanish better going to stay in the country, even though I'm not good with it anymore. Right. But you would definitely pick it up quicker than just taking it in class because they don't yeah. or at least in mexico they wasn't very friendly with like oh i don't speak spanish oh they right. oh well, they just spoke faster like right. <laughs> so yeah. you don't speak spanish i'm gonna speak faster i didn't figure it out or something right. so yeah <laughs> so that was um yeah, interesting for me forced to figure it out right yeah yeah pretty much and so that's how you learn though right and so right. it's like a great experience and things mm -hmm. i could share now like when i go because when you if you decide to work in corporate or with anybody, you have like different experiences that you can relate to people and even share stories, right. you know, when you have company events or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it was um, definitely good to kind of learn. So let me ask you this, when it comes to money, uh, what do you feel that you do well? And then what do you think that's something that you can learn about? Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I mean, primarily, and especially American culture, like money being such like a taboo, like don't speak about it subject. You know, I just personally don't kind of feel that way about money. So like, I'm definitely kind of more open about just conversing about it. And, and in that point, um, I feel like that's where we have like a lot of financial literacy deficiencies just be from the, the fact that like people act like money is such a sacred thing that cannot be spoken about. And in turn, you know, people are are, are 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 ignorant in that subject because they've never had you know had convert been able to converse about that. Um, because that's just like the fundamental way of learning is conversing with one another. Um, so I think I'm you know I, I would say that's you know one thing just being confident and 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 speaking about it to learn about it. Um, I think at a you know at a young I, I mean I've considered myself pretty kind of frugal so. Um, I mean, like every restaurant I ha I eat at, I have like the app for it because it's just free money. Like, I mean, there's like plenty of coupons um, available to you and then reward systems and things like that. Um, and I definitely also feel like I already understand the importance of credit. I, I've already, I have like five credit cards already. So, you know. Um, so, so let I, me ask I, you this. You had a real estate license, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have my, have my real estate license as well. Yeah. So have you actually sold any property or do you help like um, market any property or how, right. what do you do with your real estate license? So, yeah, I just right before this um, call, I was talking to one of our clients about um, their offer to purchase on a on a property that they uh, that we showed yesterday. Um, so, yeah, right now I'm currently trying to uh, close two transactions before I leave um, uh, in August to, to Spain. So that's kind of where I'm currently um, at right now. And how do you go about managing the money that you make from your commission sales or agent fees or what have you? Right. How do you go about doing that? 
Yeah. So right now I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm saving the majority of it. I don't have a lot of financial <laughs> obligations uh, because I live with my parents. Right. Um, I, I definitely have a, 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 the intention of using a lot of the money to travel in Europe due to like how closely and um, bordering the countries are uh, different countries are in Europe. Um, I definitely want to be able to travel. So I, you know, have that money right that I save the majority of it. A lot of it's invested, um, you know, with, uh, mutual funds and individual um, exactly. individual stocks as well. Exactly. So, um, and then, you know, so that's kind of where I, I would say the majority of it is. Um, and then, you know, savings for school as well. So, so you say you have five credit cards. What, what made you choose or what made you decide to get five credit cards and what are they different type of credit cards, like store yeah. credit cards or major credit cards? Right. So they're all major credit cards. So they're like backed by, you know, uh, major banks. Um, so not like Lowe's or Am like Amazon credit cards or anything like that. Um, I just, uh, from, from my parents, just like kind of viewing, I've always seen the um, importance of credit. Both my parents are self-employed and because of that, you know, credit is definitely something or, or financing is definitely something that's involved in a lot of, uh, business transactions and different uh, ways of, or, or different things you're trying to accomplish in business. Um, uh, I definitely just, yeah, I, like I said, I kind of understood the, the importance of credit and, you know, building it from uh, the beginning stage. So you have five credit cards. Right. What is the, my question, are, what, are you over 18 or did you? Yeah, get yeah, yeah. On you or, oh, no, <laughs> so no. you just got the credit cards? Well, I have one authorized user credit card, okay. travel card. Um, and that's like my oldest account. So I've had that one for like three years now. Um, so that made a big difference. And then I like just circling back to different credit cards I have. Um, I have travel credit cards as well, okay. um, especially since I'm traveling internationally. And, and um, you want to get the points. Like, yeah, with the points. Exactly. Because <laughs> pretty much every purchase that we'll be making in the different country will be considered or categorized as one of the travel categories. Um, and then like with the currencies and things like that, they have mm -hmm. no like no foreign, ex there's no international exchange rate fees and things like that, um, on travel credit cards. So, and that's just the easiest way The first opening like a bank account in Spain mm -hmm. and things like that is just more red tape and things. So the easiest way is just to use your credit card. Okay. Um, so, so are you going to take some of your money and go ahead and convert it before you move over? The, I mean, not well, yeah, convert it, go to the bank, get the cash, their currency before you go, get there. Yeah. So. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think I could do that before I got there as far as like, oh, you could do it at your bank. Oh, really? So I can get okay. euros and, and yeah. here. So yeah, I yeah. Probably will, I'm sure the exchange rates more favorable. It takes like a week or so before they mail the money to you. Yeah. But okay. you could you could go to the bank, talk to a personal banker, tell them how much money you want to exchange or convert, okay. and then they'll give it to you. And it okay. usually may take a week, it may take a week before they mail it to you or whatever. And then once you go, you already have the money. Versus right. doing it at the airport, at the post office, if you get there, go to the post office. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, you exactly. know, just saying as far as I'm getting a better rate. It's so horrible in, at the airport, yeah. Yeah, the airport is kind of high. So yeah. go, the post office is usually like the best, I feel like. But they okay. do have other currency places in the country on the street, you know, different places. Okay. Yeah, so that's a great idea. So I'm I gonna take, take take your advice on that one <laughs> because I you know I was under impression that I had to do it once I got there. I knew I did hear not to do it at the airport though. So yeah, but correct. Yeah, I will be exchanging you know a certain amount of cash, but I don't really use cash. Um, mm -hmm. So um, 
but it'll yeah, just be like if you want to you know never know for like cat you could do uber they have uber there of course um mm -hmm. but you know just in case stuff on the street that you may want to buy yeah and cat and just have some cash on you just in case right yeah i think it's important to have cash as well so yeah that's a great idea and it is good that you mentioned the travel credit cards that don't have the international exchange rate because that's real once you get there if you buy something on your debit card right in the u.s you'll have international exchange rate if you take money out that's another fee if you had right. a regular debit card so you have an international exchange rate plus your fee for taking it out at right. their bank or whatever so those right. are two fees and then it just the euro is more than a dollar it used to be right. i think it still is more than a dollar so yeah, it eats up really quick yeah exactly yeah it, it's, it still is more it almost it did almost reach parity a few weeks ago but now you know yeah it's definitely worth more so yeah so that's all good i went to europe in 2019 i went to like four countries over there right. so um yeah it's interesting the euro the pound some countries use the pound so right. you'll just see once you get there right. okay that is good uh, as far as um any money or financial goals so you mentioned you had your five credit cards but to travelers so that's good you listed to the travelers the exchange rate how yeah. you get points and how you can use it to maximize it and you talked about it, some of them being from a major bank. Right. Um, do you have any other money or financial goals for yourself now? Yeah. So I definitely switched when, because um, in all honesty, I didn't always like think that I was going to, I was 100% sure that I wanted to like attend university directly at least. Um, uh, but now, and you know, now that I'm going to college, I mean, obviously my number one, my, or my number one goal would be to or currently it's to not graduate with student loan debt, right? Um, and I know that's like the your guys' mission statement. And um, <laughs> and then um, as far as, you know, I definitely have a certain amount of money I want uh, to have invested in things like that. Um, when you say invested, what do you, you say you have mutual funds, stocks and bonds, are you using like Acorn Stash or do you have like an actual TLD individual account? Like how are you doing your investing? So I have a, the S&P 500 and- um, With the Acorns I, account or you you got like a real regular individual so I, account type? So I have a, I have a uh, account with Fidelity for okay. funds, right. Then um, for like individual, I have like pies on M1 Finance where you can like, you know, you can like create a pie on M1 uh -huh. Um And then- Now, did you decide to do that? Did your parents tell you about opening up those workers accounts? Oh, no. So um, it was my idea. So, oh. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was my, uh, you know, my I told my mom to make me an authorized user on her credit card. Um, back when I was like, I guess I was 16 then, because it says it's almost, that account's almost three years old. And then um, and then my TD Ameritrade account at, uh, originally was a custodial account. So I was like 17 or so. And matter of fact, what happened was COVID happened. And then that was like, because I had been thinking, I mean, I always passively talked about it for a while. Um, but once March 2020 came, it was like a perfect opportunity and you know, kind of everything just lined up. So that's when I like decided I was going to finally open the account and just started like dumping everything I had in there. Okay. And so what got you into it? Were you just looking on, on the TV at news, the finance, like what got you into like finance and investing and stuff? Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, my, my, my mom's always been kind of in tune, not necessarily financially as far as like, 
being a finance person and like knowing about the end of it, like being like, you know, knowing about all the different types of credit cards and things like that. But she's always been well versed when it comes to money and have like a respect for it um, because neither one of my parents grew up, you know, financially well. So that I think that respect kind of came from um, eventually, you know, being sound um, and just having the respect from being on both sides. Um, and I kind of passively kind of, you know, are uh, passed down to me and then now I'm kind of more into the specifics of it and things like that. So I guess that's where I would say it derives from, because ever since a young age, I've always been cognizant of how much money I'm spending, rather that's like allowance or yard sales and things like that, so. Okay. Okay, well that's good to hear because it's not really taught much in school. So I'm always interested in how people kind of get into it. It's a bigger buzz on some of the social media or things like YouTube and stuff like that. So I was just wondering, like, you know, how did you kind of get into money management and all those things like credit cards and investment accounts and investing and all that good stuff? Okay. So that is good to hear. Um, so we are probably going to try to look into doing uh, scholarships next year for previous okay. recipients. So hopefully okay. be on the lookout for that. We have some a virtual popcorn fundraiser going on right now. Okay. So we're still trying to raise money for next year. So okay. that should be good. And then we will incorporate you guys like telling me your money story, whatever. With right. something that I have videos online and stuff like that. So That's we will be doing that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it's good to hear that you're already kind of tapped into the financial piece. Yes. And it's also good to hear that you're thinking of going to a school abroad and really kind of tapping into their culture and understanding their business techniques and just all that type of stuff, because that's just going to add to your experience and give you a broader perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. I agree. I agree with everything. And um, I'm super I, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see how your uh, foundation continues over, over time. And, um, you know, it's great to see things, people doing things like that. So um, and, you know, giving back to their communities and whatnot. So that's great to see always. Thank you. So I am going to ask you, I have like some rapid fire questions that I ask people. Right. It's about four questions. And so I'm going to ask you, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. OK, so the first one is paper or plastic. Ooh, paper. Okay. Martin or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Oh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for sure. Okay. The new one or the old one? The old one. Okay. <laughs> I even closed. Yeah. The old one. Okay. Um, best advice that you've been, that you've been, that you've received so far? Um, just be a forever student. Okay. Be a forever student. That's good. And then if someone were to give you a million dollars, what do you think you would do with the money? Um, if I had a million dollars, what would I do? I mean, I do a, a variety of things. Um, I mean, initially, I definitely would like, uh, I, I would say I'd probably in, like off the rip, 25% of it would go into the stock market just because, you know, we, it's, it's down right now, you know, once mm -hmm. again, you know, so it's, I think it's a great time to, to enter. Um, and then the rest, I would probably, I mean, you know, being a real estate agent, it would probably be leverage <laughs> within real estate. And then I would probably just spend maybe, at the max, like $60,000 just for like pleasure, rather that be a vehicle or something like that. Um, I would definitely use, you know, it would probably be for like a down payments and things like that. I mean, I wouldn't use the money. I'd definitely like use it to access financing. So not like, you know, so it would be like, you know, for down payments on um, homes and uh, our uh, rental properties or potential flips. Cause um, I do have, a, I concentrate in investment. So the majority of the properties I, show or like torn to the floor up no like roofs leaks and 
uh, meat and walls knocked down. So, um, and a lot of them are off market. So that's where um, I focus on is investment real estate. So that's definitely where I would. Uh, I Did would, your mom get you into the investment real estate side? No, not investment. Um, okay. What I, I really couldn't tell you 100% what. Well, I would say that. Do you I look at HGTV at all? Is that what got yeah, you? Yeah, my mom plays HGTV <laughs> all the time. I don't really yeah. like looking at it because it's not too realistic. I mean, it's a TV show, right? So, I mean, everyone's always like, this reality show is not real. Yeah, because, you mm -hmm. know, like, it's TV. But, um, you know, for as what is worth, I enjoy watching when it's on, but I don't actively seek Watching. Like good bones, you don't look at them under the good yeah. bones and under the property brothers, you know. Right. No, I mean, yeah, I definitely remember property brothers and then like the the flip one with like I think it's what's names like Tareko Musa or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I used to watch that growing up, and um, because my mom always had it on the TV. <laughs> How I get specifically got into investment would definitely be like, um, I think it's our well, not definitely because I'm not sure. I don't 100% know, but I think I recognize um, that there's a, it's not that hard to find the off-market properties, yet people seem to have a hard time finding them. But so, do you have a connect because you got a real estate license? Is that what it is? Well, no, because every, I mean, there's plenty. We have like, a, there's thousands and thousands. I'm like the 350th issued real estate license so in North Carolina. So it's just the fact that once you find a lot of them is like you have to get on these buyers lists from people who are called um, wholesalers and what they mm -hmm. do is they get like distressed properties under contract and reassign mm -hmm. them um so once you kind of get on all the buyers lists and then it comes to a point where um i just knew i know people uh, investors just from being around real estate some of them from my mother a lot of them i found on my own and leveraging social media and things like that and it's gotten to the point where like wholesalers would reach out to me first because they know that I have like a well-qualified buyer for, to buy to buy the house. So um, that's kind of where the investment kind of section came from. It, it, you know, it's not that hard. I'm, they're like, where are you finding all these deals and things like that? So um, and especially now in this market is really hard to find um, under under uh, under under market value deals um, at this at the percentage that it needs to be for the numbers to make sense for an investor. Mm -hmm. so, when if you're able to find them people will you know reach out to you just because they'll be like yo i actually got this percentage deal that i needed you know from this dude these it's hard to find these deals so right okay so you're and you're mostly focused in the winston-salem area like yeah, for Sife, area. yeah for Sife county but for anyone watching this i can do you can do referrals i can do referrals <laughs> from spain so if even if you don't <laughs> use me, I can get a referral form and i'll get a percentage and for anywhere in north carolina so um that's that's what's happening right now. I'm in the process of referring all my my uh, investor clients, and I'm trying to finish the the deals for the pe pe people I know personally. Thank you so much for doing this interview today.